0: Good afternoon, everybody. It is Thursday afternoon, and it is now time for Inside the Eye Live Prime Time. Hey,
1: fetch. Hey, fetch.
0: Quiet, quiet. Go ahead. She's she's asking a question. Don't be rude. Don't be rude.
1: Hey, fetch. Did that woman really say you have garnets of steel and a mind like a freaking laser?
0: Mary, you can't be asking questions like that. This is Inside the guy live Prime Time.
1: Why not? Aren't we broadcasting from the Middle East?
0: Well, yeah, but we might be seen as being politically incorrect. You know, the problem is everybody dumps people when there's a, like a sign of, of political incorrectness. Echan, you're always politically correct. Heck, thanks. Does Does that mean we can talk about dumping the Israelis tomorrow?
1: Sure, you will probably say quite a bit more than that. And now, coming to you live from somewhere in the Middle East, this is Inside the iLive primetime with your host, The Fetch.
0: All right, thank you very much for that, Mary. Good uh, Thursday afternoon, and obviously, this is The Fetch. Good Thursday afternoon, happy Thanksgiving, everybody out there in the United States, and of course, if you're in Canada and Elsewhere, of course, just another good Thursday to you and, of course, wherever you're listening out there. We hope things are going well with you and yours. Uh, Today's date, again, is Thursday, November the 28th, 2019 and it's just been another superb day here in Riyadh weather-wise as temperatures hit a high of 79 degrees under sunny skies and very light to no winds however as evening has settled in here a lot of cloud cover has moved in a little bit of a brisk breeze has moved in nine to 12 miles miles per hour out of the southeast and uh, that would make uh for a nice night anywhere, but when you add in 62 degree weather at just after 2 o'clock in the morning, it's really a nice night out here in Riyadh. And for the most part, uh, this pattern is going to continue on out into the foreseeable future. And so it's going to be very nice here in Riyadh. This is the nice time of year. It's the rainy season time of year. But overall, it's very, very nice. Now, of course, it is Thanksgiving in America. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, no, I did not celebrate really Thanksgiving. I did call home a little bit, uh, but more to the Philippines than to to America. Uh, spent some a lot of time on the phone today. Uh, things are going well back home. And uh, But my Thanksgiving dinner, everybody, and I'm still thankful, believe it or not, don't no worry, I'm still thankful, was two English muffins. That's right. I had two English muffins, one with just butter, the other with some butter and some jam. Uh, I had a small, smaller, I think, what is this, eight ounce? I think this might be eight ounce, 300 milliliters of cherry Pepsi Cola, uh, chocolate milk. And some barbecue potato chips. That's my that's my Thanksgiving dinner of champions, everybody. But it was for me it was okay. I didn't mind so much. I thought about going out to dinner, quite frankly, and uh just was kind of stupid. I left my phone at the office and so I had to go all the way back to the office to get the phone. By the time I got back to the apartment, it's getting kind of late and I'm like, nah, I really don't want to be going out to dinner at this time of day. So I came in, made some calls back to the house and uh, you know it uh I had my Thanksgiving dinner. And it was nice. Thanks courtesy of uh, uh our friend who came out from Chicago, you know, a couple weeks ago for the show. So he brought some English muffins and some Corn tortillas, which I've already gone through, I think half of one of those packs already. So it's been quite nice and appreciate everything. Quite frankly, we are actually thankful. And, uh, it was a nice, it was nice. I'll tell you, English muffins are good, man. Especially if you haven't had them for 10 years like me. You, you know, every time I, if I really get really this urge for English muffins. The only way to get them is to actually make your way on over to McDonald's in the morning and basically plead with them to just like give you muffins only and forget the egg, forget the McMuffin side of it. Just give me the muffins. And sometimes they'll do that. They'll just give you some heated up muffins. And you can sit down, get some butter and some jam and some coffee and sit down and have a nice breakfast just with the English muffins. So that's the only way to get them here. I don't know anywhere else that actually has them. Anyways, for those of you who don't know about the Thanksgiving dinner and you're international, kind of like me, and, of course, for those of you who are in the States, you know very well it's a huge, huge holiday. And just to give you how an idea of how huge this holiday is, more than 55 million, something like 55.3 to 55.4 million people were expected to travel more than 50 miles away from home this coming week. I think the holiday starts... Uh, for recording purposes, something around uh, Monday and we'll end on next Monday, something like that. But anyways, this is the second highest Thanksgiving travel volume since AAA, that would be the Automobile Association of America, uh, began tracking The numbers back in 2000, and it's a 2.9 percent increase, or a 1.6 million more travelers this year uh, compared to 2018. But it still has not beaten the record back set in 2005. Uh, There's of these travelers, like 49.3 million, are going to actually hit the road this Thanksgiving, and planes will see a 4.6 percent growth. And trains, buses, and cruise ships, they're going to see another, like, they're going to reach up to 1.49 million this year, and that's a slight increase of about 1.4% over 2008. Now, it's not been a rosy Thanksgiving, though, if you're actually out there on the roads trying to get out and about, especially if you live down in California where my hometown is, uh, my old hometown anyways, it's still my hometown, Southern California. But you've had a massive storm hit there the heavy snows shut down the grapevine uh, in the Tajone pass uh, that's the that's the highway it's actually pretty steep coming down what they call the grapevine if you ever traveled that road it's a pretty steep decline down into the antelope Valley and I'll tell you I've done it more than a few times. You actually do have to be careful. Trucks have to be exceedingly careful going down that. So when it does snow and there's sleet or hail, uh, if it's moderate, the highway patrol often will go ahead and escort people down so they don't drive too fast. But when it snows, uh you just got to shut it down. So it's been shut down since I think 4.30 a.m. today, and it may even still be shut down for all I know. They were recommending that people actually take the 101 if you have to get north through the grapevine. And to those of you who know California, man, the 101 is like a really long ways away. I think you can also take the 14. I forget the highways now. It's been so long, but I think you can take the 14 up through, uh, Camarillo. Is it something like that? I forget, you know, Solvang, that kind of area. There's a little sneaky way to get through up in that area also, but. I'll tell you, it's difficult, you know, if it's snowing. Uh Several roads up there in the uh, mountains, too. You know, of course, you know, it, it's a beautiful time of year to be in Southern California when you have crisp, cool air, nice snow, and it's always two to 3,000. That's about as low as it usually gets up there in the mountains, in the San Gabriel Mountains. So you're back enjoying essentially some cool air. Uh, but it's okay. It's not a bad thing at all. You don't mind so much because, you know, up there is the snow. It didn't hit you, not affecting you. And if you want to go visit, usually within a day to two after the snow hits, they have the roads cleared up for you. And you just kind of like drive up into the snow, throw some snowballs around, have some snowball fights. Maybe if you're a bit on the sporting side you might get your skis out or your snowboard and go on up there and have some nice uh, run down runs down the trails up in Wrightwood or Mount Baldy or wherever you may actually like to go skiing locally And, you know, when you're done, you come down and then you cruise on over to the beach and you have dinner at the beach. That's Southern California, man. It's a brilliant place to live if it weren't destroyed by politics and liberal – basically liberal politics and Jewish politics. It actually would be quite a nice place to go. I heard that Donald Trump is, you know, says that the leftists are declaring war on – the name Thanksgiving and uh, they're saying, no, that's fake news. That's fake news. But there are actually some universities out there that are trying to decolonize uh, the idea of Thanksgiving. So in a way they are already beginning to assault again, what is probably the most popular, if not Christmas, Thanksgiving, it's got to be number two, uh, one of the most popular holidays in the United States. So, Leave it to the liberals, you know, just leave it to the liberals to screw things up, and they 're probably well on their way to trying to screw this up just to give you an idea, some of these cool figures I got a whole list of items coming out of this thing um, it 's so big i got it 's an infographic, so I got to go all the way to the top. Uh, let's see. What are some cool numbers? You know, we're 398 years into this thing. Uh, of course, that holiday, it didn't become really set in stone. I forget. I've reported on other shows. But anyway, 1621 was the original holiday. October 3rd, 1863, there you go. That is when President Abraham Lincoln proclaimed Thanksgiving a national holiday. 1989 was the first year... That a turkey was officially pardoned and two turkeys are sent to the White House each year. One is pardoned, the other is a backup. In case the first one dies, you got to have a second one to pardon the second one, right? And there are only four towns actually named turkey in the united states you got turkey creek arizona turkey texas turkey creek louisiana and turkey north carolina i think north carolina is actually home also to cranberry sauce city or some stupid thing like that no i'm just kidding it's not actually called cranberry sauce city i think it's called cranberry creek something like that thanksgiving actually ranks second in America's favorite holidays that actually does make sense you know it's one of those things to those of you who are Americans it's a huge 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 deal and I remember many times you know always having to make my way somehow back to the house but uh not now (laughs) it's kind of a far trip man but I think about it I'm serious I actually do think about it you know you know, if you were to burn off the calories, it would take 10 hours and 33 minutes on a treadmill to actually burn off the 4,500 calories that Americans consume on Thanksgiving holiday. I think I'm, I'm doing well in that regard. 9% of Americans eat their Thanksgiving meal at a restaurant. Those are usually Jewish people. Um, just kidding. I don't know that for a fact, everybody. Uh, 48.90. That's, the average $48.90 the average cost of a 10-person Thanksgiving dinner. That's not so bad when you think about it. $4.80, $4.89 per person isn't such a bad deal. The world's most expensive Thanksgiving dinner, that was actually 2018. It was held at New York City's Old Homestead Steakhouse. You know, we were talking about steak this week. We had a guest coming in from Italy and they were talking about food. They were just ripping on me today. You know, I went out to lunch today with these guys at a very, 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 basically (laughs) very. How do we say very, 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 very without saying too many berries? It it was very uh, traditional Saudi style restaurant. And the Italian is there. And we had, of course, my two Saudi, three of my Saudi colleagues there. And we got to talking about coffee. And they said, would you like some coffee? We're saying that to the Italian guy, and the Italian guy says, is that the, uh, yellow stuff? Yellow Arabic coffee. He said, yeah, that's the ye- yellow Arabic coffee. And he says, and then he turns to, turns to them and says, it's, it's infinitely better than this. Uh, dirty water that Americans call coffee. I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. Come on, dude. You, you can't be doing that to me. He said, I'd like, you know, he, they're kind of teasing me about American coffee. They're actually teasing me about American food in general. You know, it's like everybody's on my case today about food on Thanksgiving day, believe it or not. And so I'm talking to them uh, and they said, but you know, one thing Americans got going for them is steak. They are fantastic with steak. All everybody at the table actually it wasn't a table you sit on the floor basically not basically you sit on the floor and everybody was commenting how great american steaks are but there was a another plus given to the americans because these guys are reasonably well traveled they're not reasonably well traveled they said the difference between america and the rest of the world especially saudi arabia in fact is is this idea that american food at least to their palates maintains its consistency, its consistent quality year after year after year. So if you go have a steak at a particular steakhouse and you come back two, three, four years later, you you get what you feel is a very good steak. Now, they actually admitted in a conspiratorial tone that perhaps who knows what's in that steak nowadays, but they said the quality, the consistency is there. They said here in Saudi Arabia, you can go to a steakhouse and boy, wow, the first week, two months, the steak is fantastic. Six months later, it just, it's gone completely downhill. It's gone south relative to quality. So that's something that we Americans are actually getting some credit for, but we did not get any credit for our coffee guys. It was terrible, man. It's like, come on, man. The American coffee is the best, but they make like Italian coffee. And I'm like, I'm not a big fan of Italian coffee. It's too strong for me. And the Arabic coffee is just a whole different creature altogether. Anyways. 65% of Americans would like an alternative. They would like an alternative to Turkey on the table this year. I know when I was growing up, we had four boys in the family, and the one a little bit older than I, he was not a big fan of Turkey every year. So I think every year he lobbied to get a Mexican Thanksgiving. He just wanted a Mexican food Thanksgiving. Every year he would lobby for it and I think he got it one time. I think everybody acquiesced and gave it to him one time and I don't think he ever got it again. Now, if he may have gotten it after he got married. I have no idea what he's done with that. Uh, so possibly, possibly. So we did have one time a Thanksgiving Mexican dinner type of thing. Quite, It was good, but uh, it's not traditional. 60%. Most likely would like ham, 41% chicken. I wouldn't want chicken. I'll tell you what. One time I was really poor. I mean, beyond, I'm, I'm poor, right? And I couldn't afford anything. This was my Thanksgiving, right? But, you know, I wanted something special. It was my Thanksgiving. Uh, now I'm happy with, quite frankly, I'm happy with the two, uh, what do you call it, the two English muffins. But, you know, I was in Jordan, and it was really bad times for us. It was so difficult for us. Uh, I just didn't know what to do. Thanksgiving came around. I had basically nothing in my pocket. It was just a difficult, difficult time, almost sad time, actually. But, what I did is they have in Jordan this chicken that's actually stuffed with rice and some vegetables, and I took like whatever money I could gather together. It was like seven dollars to buy that darn thing and I went to the store where I knew that they make these it's not a store actually it 's a restaurant, and they kind of bake it in some plastic and uh, all the juices and everything stay inside and I went and I brought it home. I said, Emily, we're going to, we're going to have a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. I had her make up a little bit of rice and some vegetables and we had chicken. That's right. We had a chicken dinner. And, uh, I'll tell you what, you got to be thankful for what you got guys. And of course, that's what the holiday technically really is all about. Uh, 100,000 questions. It's going to be answered by Butterball. If you know Butterball, it's the big turkey brand out there. They're going to actually answer over 100,000 questions by their technicians between November and December. That's a lot of, that's a lot of phone calls. 70% of Americans say it's not a proper Thanksgiving meal without turkey. 70%. 72% of Americans plan to attend a Thanksgiving dinner with five-plus people. Now, I don't know about you, but with my political views and my knowledge of what's going on, uh, going to see – Five plus people in my family with my views would be probably one of the most uncomfortable experiences going today. Uh, I'm not sure I could handle it. I'm kind of estranged from the family for the last twenty some odd years, so it's long past me, quite frankly. This idea of going back home in that degree, but man, five, can you imagine five plus people and not a not a one whit of those people has any clue about anything that we discuss here on Inside the Island? and inside the prime time Favorite foods. Okay, here we go. 39% turkey, 23% stuffing, 12% pumpkin pie, 9% mashed potatoes, 6% sweet potatoes, and 3% cranberry sauce. Now, turkey, yes, I got that. You know, every year, every year, I don't know about you guys trying to eat through that Thanksgiving dinner, but we would have stuffing every year. Every year we would have stuffing. And every year, well, perhaps except that Mexican year, but every year I would try to convince myself that I liked it, really, every year. In fact, sometimes I would buy like the box stuffing mix and make it up and just pretend that I liked it. And the reality is, is that never liked it. Couldn't stand it. Uh, Tried to do whatever I could to pretend I liked it. I just never could take more than a couple bites, and it just never grew on me. I was just not a stuffing guy. Pumpkin pie, yeah, I'll take that all day. The mashed potatoes, I ate more than my fill of mashed potatoes. I'm still a big mashed potato guy. Sweet potatoes, yams, of course, we would call that. Yes, I would take that. So there you have it, you know, 63% of Americans think they're cool on Thanksgiving. That's because they're drinking wine instead of beer. Uh, I was rather, you know what, I got to admit, you know, we would serve beer uh, rarely. We'd have beer during the football games and then wine for dinner. Everybody thought they were cool drinking the wine. I would smell the cork to think I knew what I was doing, but I never did. So there you have it, man. It's a huge, huge holiday, man. Going down this infographic, $3.7 billion spent online on Thanksgiving Day. I don't think that's actually a great thing. Here's something I don't get, but it's typical Jewish BS, okay, guys? Seriously. The site here I'm pulling the information from is called Wallet Hub. That's right, Wallet Hub. And the very first college game, which is a tradition, of course, for Americans on Thanksgiving Day. The very first college game was 1876 between Yale and Princeton. But when you look at the picture here, it has Hebrew letters for, I would assume, Yale. Who knows? I I don't know. I have to ask some college people I know who went to Yale. And then uh, the Princeton, which has, I don't know, it looks like some Latin type of uh, words here. But why in the heck do you have the Hebrew here? Seriously, it shows you in many ways the unethical means through which Jews will instill their crap into our holidays as if somehow Thanksgiving has anything to do with Jewish culture, because it doesn't. This is really a level of unethical BS that to me just typifies the absolute rank dishonesty of Jewish people in general. Why would you put that in here? Seriously. It's just, it's, it's actually offensive because it has, this has nothing to do with Jews. Why are you throwing your crap in front of our faces, uh, for all that it's worth here? In 1920, that was actually the first year NFL games were played on Thanksgiving and two teams, this is a trivia question, everybody. Two teams have played every Thanksgiving since 1966, and that would be the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. And so there you have it. i do not sure if you actually knew that, but it's true. Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys. So, yeah, huge holiday, everybody. And, uh, again, I wish I, in some respects, yeah, I wish I was home. We'll talk about a little bit of reminiscing. Going into the cat report, which is going to be coming up uh, after the first of the break. I have not gone to the chat room, everybody. Quite frankly, it is a holiday weekend here. Uh, let me try to get there now. Uh, inside the live.com. Click on that live chat button. I know it's open somewhere. I've got to just type it again. It's faster. Inside live.com, click on the live chat button. That will get you in the door. And it's open. Popping now, it looks like we got uh, some people in there, 14 people there, so and they're talking footballs and turkey and baked dough, so the conversation appears to be on the dinner, so I guess we're coming through okay. I, I still, guys, don't have any back-end support, uh, so I really don't have a clue what's going on. Um, let's see if I can pump that up and see, hear anything. I don't know. Can't hear anything just yet, but, uh, somebody's here, baked bone, baked brie, lemon squares, and I never had that one. That guys, that wouldn't work. Uh, they're saying the lions played the bears. I'm not sure that's today, but you know what guys actually missed a holiday and, uh, we have kind of a, a tear jerker, a little bit about, uh, um, reminiscing though coming in the cap, cap report. So. Something I actually didn't know. I learned something today. Uh, anyways, but it's been a great time. I mean, I'll tell you what, we've had had a great year, obviously, uh, to you and yours. I hope you've had a great year for me and mine. Uh, it's been a very good year. We're having a good year now. Uh, it's not like we're making a lot of money. That's not the issue. Uh, we just have opportunity. And I think that's all you can ask for many times is to be given that chance for opportunity to do something. And, uh, We've been given opportunity. That doesn't mean we're making money, but the opportunity is there. And you can just work hard, hope for the best, and do your best, and smile. I was telling people, you know what? you got to smile more, quite honestly. You can't be always angry and upset because nobody likes you if you're angry and upset. So a lot of times I have to encourage people, look, smile a little bit. It's okay. You know, things are bad and sometimes, but no matter what, you got to put that smile. I used to tell people. You need to put on a Buddha smile. And I remember, I don't want to talk about that one. It's a little bit lurid there. And it's Thanksgiving. It's mixed company, I'm sure, right now listening to the show. Uh, But nonetheless, nonetheless, smile a little bit, everybody. Try to enjoy yourself. And I know it's not easy. This oftentimes, believe it or not, is the holiday seasons becomes one of the most depressing times a year for a lot of people out there. So just just do what you have to but obviously but smile hey it's okay it's okay we'll get into some mean tough stuff after the break here it should be coming up uh, any minute again i do still to this day now don't have access to anything here so we're going to try to do our best with the timing here and i can't promise anything because i can't hear anything but we're gonna try. It's 225 now. I don't know if we go at 226 or 227 on the hour. To be honest with you, let me see something here. Yeah, I think it's only a few second delay. That's actually not bad. Not that I want to do that. It's kind of lame, but still, it's not bad. Um. Any, anyways, we're at 226 now. Let's see if they go into a break. Okay, I can. You know what, they've actually, I just, for the heck of it, I went to play the VLC, used the VLC, and I actually pulled off the server to see how well we're doing. Oh, they popped it up for me, how nice, that's cool. Uh, They popped it, good job guys, thank you very much. See, they're listening in the studio, there you go, we're getting some attention today. Um, Let me turn this off for a second, because I don't like that, it's hard to talk and hear myself talk, so, uh, yeah, we're getting... uh, Kind of hard to see. Yeah, it says break started here. Okay, great. Thank you, Mr. Graham Hart, for being my producer here. It's the Fetch, everybody, inside the iLive, intelligent, actually, inside the iLive, primetime. We'll be back with more on this Thanksgiving day right after this. Okay, everybody, we're back. I understand the break's over. For some reason, just I was trying to play the bumper music, everybody. And, uh, well, you know, dead air is good. This is called Radio 101, okay? And it's just, uh, it's good. Dead air is good because it's turkey day. Uh, But, no, I was trying to play the bumper music, and it's just not piping out. It's like, what the heck is up with that? Uh, It's just not piping. What can I say? It's just not piping. Why? 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 You know, sometimes you just wonder what the heck is going on with all these settings that I have going to run everything. Um... That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. That's correct. Everything's correct, except for the fact that it's not playing out the music. I have no idea. But, anyways, we're back live. Happy Thanksgiving again to all of you out there, listeners, so sponsors, and supporter radio. Again, guys, they, they're they're doing what they can to keep the network up and running. I know that for sure. Uh, they've made some improvements here from last week. I don't know what those improvements were, whether it was them or shoutcast. But I was informed three days ago that the studio was back live again uh, so that's a good thing and uh, what can I say um, I just can't hear the bumper music which is really weird um, <laughs> I have no idea why it's not playing guys Ah, oh, fix it next break. Uh, anyways, uh, the cat report, the ITEL cat report, they told me not to play the, the bumpers for the cat report anymore, the, the intro bumper there, uh, the, the basically, I don't know, the commercial. And they just said, just talk us into it. So the ITEL cat report is proudly sponsored by Graham Hart and the Graham Hart show and by Hoax Train, you know, Hoax Train. Any, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it's anyways, Hoax Train. And of course, if you want to catch the, uh, Graham Hart Show with Bryzer. Check it out every Monday, 5 to 7 p.m. Eastern at grism.blogspot.com. Obviously, that show has become something in and of itself already. It's doing very, very well, so you might want to just go check that out. Uh, anyways, let's go on first to the ITIL Cat Report. And again, we want to talk it in. Graham Hart Show with Brizer Again, check it out. rhythm.blogspot.com. You know, uh, calling home today, I just felt like calling the Philippines a little bit. It's not really my home yet. I haven't built a home or even have much there. We have something kind of like 60% built, but I don't really like it. So I'm probably going to build something else. But nonetheless, we, it's worth that now. Call it for what it is, right? So we were, you know, this is the, you know, basically at the end of the month, you got to pay salaries and stuff like that, get the bills paid, all the things that are going on in the Philippines right now. And, you know, basically it's actually costing me a lot more money actually in the Philippines than it is in Jordan, but we have things to show for it. It's, it's a lot better now than it was for sure. And we were talking about, you know, just the way things are improving, how it's been a good year overall. And what I learned Today, I didn't know that. First of all, the kittens are running all over the place. We've got these five fresh kittens, and they're doing great. They're all healthy. They're cruising around. They're not like my spoiled brats. They eat various different foods. You're not like having to spoon-feed them delicacy type of food, so it's not going to cost us an arm and a leg to feed them. And kind of cute. They're kind of cute. They're getting to that cute age now, so it's kind of fun. But spikers can't stand them. I mean, spikers just cannot stand these kittens whatsoever. And he just growls and hisses at them every time they're around. You know, when is trying to hold spikers and the kittens come walking around, he just kind of goes crazy. And I'm like, spikers, you're not like your dad, man. one Eye was such a good, good cat. With all the kittens. He would take time. He would play with the kittens. He would really show them the ropes. You could see actually One Eye teaching the kittens various things. One Eye was such a wonderful cat in that regard. And then, of course, the uh, conversation went to Bruiser because Bruiser's really our sweetie. We, we really miss Bruiser even to this day. And so, what I didn't know until today was that as a good luck charm, uh, Emily, when she buried Bruiser, she cut off the whiskers. And if you knew Bruiser, and I found it's a little barbaric, but I'm just going to tell you the story, guys. Uh, so she cut off his whiskers and his tongue, because he didn't have teeth on one side of his mouth, his tongue always fell out of the mouth. And so basically, he was always like slobbering all over the right side of his face. And he looked terrible all the time. We always had to give him a bath because he just looked terrible and started to kind of, that would make you smell terrible also. So he was always being given baths. Actually, towards the end of his time there, he enjoyed those baths more than we, you know, he enjoyed the baths actually because he got clean. And he was a long-haired cat. And of course, he's trying to clean himself and his tongue is hanging out the right of his mouth. And what she did is she clipped, Emily clipped like the tip of his tongue, the part that was hanging out of his mouth, clipped it, then wrapped this into like some tape. And she's been carrying this with her the entire time as a good luck charm. So she says every time she's getting low on money, she basically says, hey, Bruce, I need some help. And she says, usually some customers will come through the door and she'll get something that is actually pretty positive. So she's been using basically this talisman of Bruiser, believe it or not. And so she's been, she showed it to me today. She told me about it today. Actually, I didn't even know about this, to be honest with you. But that's kind of an interesting story. I thought that would be kind of cool uh, to share. But that's an interesting thing. So yeah, Bruiser is still there. He has not disappeared at all. He's still around. So that's the I tell Cow Report. Again, proudly sponsored by the Graham Hart Show with a briser. And check it out every Monday at 5 to 8, no, 5 to 7 p.m. You guys should do a three-hour show, guys. 5 to 7 p.m. on grism.blogspot.com. You'll catch it on Cornwall Revolution Radio, to be exact. And so go check it out. Good show, as always. I'm not sure what they did this week uh, because I'm quite busy, to be honest with you. I, I don't catch much of anything. I don't catch my own shows, let alone even update my website. I think some of you have noticed that. But, guys, uh, check it out. That's all we gotta say. And now I would like to play the Oive moment, but for whatever reason it's not gonna play. So I could probably just cue it here and see if it plays, but somehow it's not gonna play. I don't know what's going on. Let me try. Let's see if it plays. Nope. It's not playing. Maybe it's playing for you and it's not playing for me. Let's see. Those two buttons are down. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I have no idea why it's Oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. Everything looks good. I just don't know why it's not playing in my headphones. I can't hear a thing. If it went out, guys, I can hear it. Oh, sorry about me. It was the Oybe moment, probably sponsored by the Andrew Carrington and Hitchcock Show. And again, he's got shows going every Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock a.m. to 12 o'clock p.m. Eastern at yourfolkradio.com. We did record. A new Eurofolk, I'm uh, not Eurofolk, a new show, Fetch on Fridays yesterday. So you definitely want to go over to Eurofolk Radio, I guess tomorrow, 11 o'clock, and check out that show. It was recorded yesterday. And yeah, don't worry, Graham, I kind of figured that. I have no idea why it's not playing, but I'll fix it later if I can. Uh, so nonetheless, uh, we were on the chart Undercaring- it's Hitchcock show yesterday. I bit my tongue, guys, the back of my tongue. It's really hard to talk right now. It's kind of difficult. So anyways here is the Oive moment uh for today we got a couple here and one of those and i'm not sure why Jews are the way they are again because maybe they're schizophrenic maybe they're insane maybe they're just so sensitive because they are waiting to be victimized i don't know what the problem is with those guys but some jewish parents in a german city in the town of offenbach which is near Frankfurt, is reportedly removing her son or their son. I don't know if it's her son or their son. Oh, a Jewish parent. So it's her son from a public high school due to frequent anti-Semitic comments in the classroom, though her son is not personally targeted by them. So basically what it boils down to is probably some German students are commenting about the unethical, dishonest, nature of Jewish politics or something within this society and this guy's taken as if it's applying to him even though it has nothing to do with him and he wants to get all this sympathy because oh we poor Jews we're so 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 sensitive we can't take any criticism even though we, we control everything don't criticize us please even though we're complete failures it's so terrible so Miss Alina R for I don't know I can't come up with a good name quick enough. Uh, she says it's, it is the atmosphere in the school that's the problem. See, she told German news media, Oh, you're going to, and here's the thing, guys. Why is it that a Jew can get media coverage and you can't? Can you imagine? If we want to whine every time about some Jew and we go to the newspaper, do you really think the newspapers are going to run this for us? Hey, look, this Jew said that. Hey, look, this Jew wants to do this. Hey, look, this Jew made me really feel, oh, so much uncomfortable. Do you really think you can go run to the media and get sympathy from the media? I mean, do you see the difference here in the way that the Jewish population is able to whine and air their whining where we can't even barely get things out of the Internet without getting harassed and signed out and, and punched out as far as our servers and everything else goes? Doesn't that strike you as being really rather strange? How is it that this one nondescript idiot from the Jewish community who really doesn't mean anything, guys? seriously at the end of the day we're all just pretty well basic normal human beings here we're not special you know we're not like coming from some super sophisticated family some aristocratic family that's got some interesting story side story about us that gives us some type of credibility that's not us it's not you it's not me it's it's pretty much not most people on planet earth but what is it about a Jew boy? Boy, a Jew wants to complain, and all of a sudden you got the media covering the story like it's a really big deal. Don't you find that a little bit strange and odd that some just because they're a, just because they're an idiot from the Jewish community that somehow it's important news? Just because a Jew wants to whine, it becomes "quote unquote" important news. Doesn't that strike you as being really, really odd? Like what's going on here? Why is the media trying to play this up into some story? They're claiming about what? The kid's not being attacked. The kid's nothing happening to the kid. The kid, look, if you're so sensitive, you little punk, okay, get out of our campus, go to Israel. No problem with that. But how is it that the media makes this out to be a big deal? You know, you can't even talk about vaccines on Jewish-owned Facebook without your, without getting banned. There's so many things. You can't talk about the Holocaust in Germany without getting yourself arrested. You can't talk about certain things on Facebook without having your posts completely throttled and set aside. Put in some, who knows, some digital purgatory. Nobody sees it. But a Jew says, oh, there's a talk. This woman's not even there. How does she really know? It's all hearsay. What, is she sitting in the class and hearing all of these comments? So now that the media and the Jewish community airing these stories expects us to actually take any sympathy? No, you don't take sympathy. You say, you know what? What's wrong with these idiots? Why is this a big deal? How is it that a German newspaper – oh, wait a minute. Maybe it's not a German newspaper. And didn't you Jews want to tell us that it's quote-unquote – anti-semitic to even talk about the fact that jews own the newspaper because i'll tell you what if i own the newspaper and i'm the editor i'm not jewish of course and some stupid idiotic jew comes whining to me about how something is so anti-semitic i'm going say okay thank you G- goodbye i'm not going to air the story why am i going to give an idiot pl- a platform within which to whine in our own countries and our own communities Now, here we've got a 16-year-old son, and he's going to be transferring, of course, to a private Jewish school. And according to German news reports, again, are they German or are they Jewish news reports? It says here, had encouraged her son to speak with a teacher about the problem. No, the best thing for you is to get your kid out of the campus. You did the right thing. It's not for you Jews to whine in our faces all the time. Look, if you don't like the way we are, fine. Go to Israel. Get out of our face. It's not that difficult. We died, our parents and our grandparents died by the hundreds and hundreds of thousands and even in the millions to give you flaky morons, your little tiny, shitty little country. And then you still want to sit in our countries and whine about how you're such a victim. Get out. It's okay. Go to your private school, do what you want to do, but quit your whining. Quite frankly, most of us are fed up with it. Go, you know, really, we're just fed up. You know, if you can't handle it, go get some mental health. Uh, go get some mental help or something. You know why? Because if we in the non-Jewish world whine like Jews did, our society would never accomplish anything great. And Jews can't either if they can if if you take away all the wealth that Jews have stolen through the public treasury through the nonprofits, And through the Holocaust reparations, I mean, come on. You don't have to be a victim of the Holocaust. Obviously, you didn't die. You ain't a victim, moron. And yet you're going to take $2,000 for life? Yeah, you give, why don't you give all of us, we should demand from the Jewish community with all their wealth that they give us $2,000 a month for life. Because we're a victim of their Holocaust of us. I mean, it's traumatic knowing that they've killed so many of our our brothers and sisters from days long ago. And then, of course, as always, in a Jewish world. There's a group. In this case, it's called the Central Council of Jews in Germany. It's like, you guys are such morons. Seriously. Are you supposed to like, is this supposed to give you credibility? Is this what this is all about? A bunch of stupid idiots stealing money from the treasury because that's what it is. It's an NGO stealing money from the treasury. Fetch, they're not stealing. Yes, they are stealing. It's an NGO funded for political purposes because this is a political issue. Ultimately, it is a political issue and they're getting paid to influence the political direction of the company and they're not even or the country and they're not even German. Says he says here he's pleased with news from the federal ministry of justice that crimes with an anti-Semitic motivation are set to be punished at a higher level. Really? Crimes with an anti-Semitic motivation are going to be punished at a higher level? Now we've got the precedent that says any Jew that commits any crime that has an anti-white, it doesn't have to be, if it's any crime that affects anybody that's not Jewish, should be treated equally at a higher level. In fact, they should be smashed entirely because this is their precedent. Really? You're so special, you're gonna, you're gonna put this into your system now? And you're supposed to basically now be able to to run Germany like a totalitarian dictatorship? To me, this is unbelievable type of stuff. Justice Minister Christine Lambrecht, Lambrecht probably, announced her planned amendment. Really? You're deciding? You're going to decide as the justice minister? And she said Thursday, today she's saying that she was... Ashamed of the fact that Jews in Germany no longer feel safe. Why are you ashamed? Why are you even a justice minister? Why are you ashamed, you idiot? See, we are, this is nothing again but pure Jewish crap. Why should anybody be ashamed? Do you really think Jews are ashamed when they commit crimes against non Jews? Seriously, do you really think that Jews are ashamed of the 60 plus million uh, Russians who were killed? Do you really think Jews are ashamed of what happened in the Ukraine? And they still live in the Ukraine. Do you really think Jews are ashamed of what they did to the Poles during World War II vis-a-vis the Soviet military and the secret police? Do you think any Jew today is, is ashamed? So who talks like this but an idiot? This is not a justice minister. This is some virtue signaling jackass in a very high position. But that's not a a minister. That's a jackass in a high position. And why would she talk like this to the German people and insult the German people en masse? Makes absolutely no sense. Period. What, What the heck is the matter with you guys? She expects parliament to pass these changes, by the way, by the end of the year. It's like, okay, you're going to railroad this through without any debate within like three weeks, and you're going to tell us Jews don't have power too? And if we call call you out that says, hey, only Jews need this or want this, that somehow this is not a Jewish conspiracy against the German people, we're not supposed to notice? Joseph Schuster, central council head, oh my goodness called it an important step. What? It's important for Jews to place themselves on a pedestal so that quote unquote, if there's any crime, whether it's it's Jews, again, crime's relative nowadays, guys, because why aren't we jailing every single Jew that's involved in bringing in the, all these migrants into our countries? They, should not they be held responsible for the crimes of, that are committed against Germans day in and day out? And it's bad, guys. It's not. I get calls from Germany. It's bad. The amount of crime brought to the German people by Jewish policies is skyrocketed. And you don't think people aren't going to get angry with that? And you think they're not supposed to notice all this random crime happening all across Germany? And everybody that has half a brain knows that it's Jews are behind this? And yet, somehow, if somebody snaps and then reacts against Jews, they're going to get triple the penalty. But not a single Jew is being jailed for the crimes that are being committed against the German people. See, all of this type of stuff, guys, in my book becomes unbelievable. What's exactly going on here? It's absolutely insane. Schuster argued that the inclusion of anti-Semitism in the list of motivations draw harsher punishment. The list currently includes racist, whatever that means, because you know what, racist doesn't apply, apply to anybody but white people in their in their thinking. You can have some radical insane Somalian guy who you just brought on an airplane, get off the airplane, rape and, and burn and pillage a couple villages on their own somewhere in some nondescript town in Germany. And that's, quote unquote, not racist. But if you as a white person re, pl- retaliate, all of a sudden it's racist. This is just verbiage written to attack the native population the people behind this language are treasonous seditionists what the heck is xenophobic again if you want to have your sexual preferences keep it in your keep it out of our our doors keep it out of our public spheres otherwise expect some retaliation and quite frankly we should not be all that concerned about it anymore knowing that these people are retaliating against us for nothing, basically. And then they talk about other inhumane motivations. What what would be in, in, inhumane? Bringing in thousands and thousands of migrants to rape women in a village? That's not inhumane? Again, this type of language is pure sedition. It's pure sedition. It's pure, pure sedition. Here's a proof of the Holocaust. Bergen-Belsen ledger allowing survivors to remarry to be auctioned. So, okay, it's a death camp, everybody. But meanwhile, Germans are allowing Jews in that camp to remarry. But it's a death camp. Yeah, right. You know, you Jews are stupid. But the problem is they control so much of everything that they You just can't say that typically. But imagine, you you know, they're auctioning, auctioning a ledger about people getting remarried inside of a quote unquote a death camp. Yeah, right. Whatever, dudes. Again, it's stupid. All right, everybody. Um, Anyways, we don't, everything's gone again. Uh, Let's see. It's the fetch inside the iLive prime time again. Uh, today's date is what November twenty eighth, two thousand nineteen. A good Thanksgiving to you out, out there, wherever you might be. At least in the United States, the rest, yeah, kind, kind of bear with it because, uh, whoops, kind of bear with it because what can we say? Uh, it's not your holiday, but it's certainly a, our American holiday. Uh we're gonna be going into a break anytime now. Telephone lines you'd like to call in. Uh, let's see if that's gonna work. One three two three two seven five one three one four. That's one three two three 3 two seven five one three one four. And it sounds like we're in a break now. So it's the fetch again. We'll be back with more right after this. Hi everybody, welcome back. It's the Fetch inside the I Live Prime time Thursday, Thanksgiving in America. I don't know how you guys are doing out there. I hope you're doing great, obviously, on this Thanksgiving day. Hopefully, you're getting along with your family just a little bit. I know I probably would not make it. I'll be serious. My family's uh, definitely on the woke side. (laughs) They don't have anything. I got a thing from Erica. Erica, if you're listening, uh, thanks for the nice message And hope you're feeling better. Apparently, she wasn't feeling very well. So I hope you're feeling better, Erica. (laughs) But she said, speak the truth to your family. Red Pill, some of your family members. You know, my family, man, I can't honestly, I don't think I could get through it. I honestly don't think, you know, it's a huge deal in America, guys. You know, these family gatherings. It's probably this, you know, we don't have the same tight-knit culture that you guys have around the world. You know, I travel the world and I go to places like, you know, here in. Saudi is a very very tight knit society. Uh, Jordan was the same way. Philippines is ridiculous, quite frankly. It's so tight knit, and it's it's not a bad thing. I'm not complaining about it. It's just it's not. We Americans we don't seem to excel in this environment anymore. It's just something that's a little bit uncomfortable for a lot of Americans. Not everybody, of course, but I know for me it was it was difficult, and I just don't know how. Quite frankly. I would be able to make it in in something uh, like a setting like Thanksgiving anymore. I'd be like, man, you guys just aren't. I'm I'm way way out there compared to you guys. You guys probably just they think I'm crazy. Uh, they well they do they actually. Think, I, I'm sure they think I'm crazy. Uh, let's see here. Where are we? We're now in the second hour. It's now three o'clock in the morning uh, here in. Uh, Saudi Arabia, again, beautiful night, quite frankly. I don't know if you saw this story. I don't, I'm, I'm not a big fan of television, as you guys know. But here in the Middle East, what I I do like from time to time is I'll partake in something like uh, uh, America's Got Talent or I'll see some of these talent shows. Some of these acts are actually pretty good. I enjoy them. And I was just seeing something here. There's a Gabriel Union. She breaks her silence amid America's Got Talent controversy. And I'm like, okay, let me see what this is all about. And, okay, the first thing I see is she's black. Okay. Well, you know what? Blacks in many cases are like Jews. And not all the time, of course, but in many cases. They're sensitive. And, and the I don't have a problem with people being sensitive if there's something genuine about it. But what we find nowadays is within this leftist loon nuthouse that they want to build for us, they're not sensitive because they're sensitive. They're sensitive because they just want to dominate. They want to control. They want to use this hyper, quote-unquote, sensitivity for the express purpose of confining your act, confining your words, confining how you speak. And when you break all of that down, it is a bullying type of mentality that is toxic. It's destructive. You cannot have a rational conversation with these people. You can't even have a healthy relationship with these people because you're the one being the more intelligent, being the more rational, being the more pragmatic. You're the one that's always having to adjust your nature, your behavior, your words, your actions to suit the bullying, domineering nature of these absolute lunatic flakes. And I'm looking at this picture of oh, bright, smiley black girl. Okay, oh, great. Ousted America's Got Talent judge Gabrielle Union took to Twitter on Thanksgiving with a thank you message to her fans. So many tears and so much gratitude. Give us a break. But her reference to the controversy surrounding the circumstances of her departure from uh, AGT or America's Got Talent. Just after one season was far more subtle than the, than the, that's terrible writing guys who wrote that. that that's terrible grammar. Uh, that's terrible grammar. <laughs> Nobody can read that crap. Uh, according to an initial report by website uh, Love beat Scott, later expanded upon by variety unionists, like Black, allegedly complaining of toxic workplace culture and speaking out about problematic, racially insensitive segments on the show. Now let's be honest here. The problematic issue isn't the acts. Because we've been watching this play out now for the last two to four to five, six, seven years, some of us even longer than that. The toxic culture is coming from this union, in all probability. I'm just talking about from a rational observation because it's about time, quite frankly, that those who want to impose their domination over everybody else through this kind of subtle boning, it's time they get taken down. It's time they get wiped out, destroyed, because that's what they want to do to everybody else. We know when she starts talking about... Racism? Well, give us a break already. We, we're tired of hearing about this crap. I know I am. If you're going to come to me and complain about racism, well, I got I got news for you. I don't want to hear about your bullying BS. Get out of my face. You, you, I'm serious. Get out of my face. I've had people call me a racist here. These Pakistani British guys come over. Oh, you're a racist. I'm like, get out of my face. You know what? You're not even British, dude. You want to claim to be, oh, that's racist. That's racist. I said, dude, you're Pakistan, okay? You have a British passport, but you're no more British than I'm Chinese. Are you going to tell me I'm Chinese if I'm born in China? And they just look at you. Yeah, well, what makes you think you're British, dude? Now Get out of my face. Man, they don't know how to handle that. But that's how I talk to people. Seriously. On the workforce. Then I call up my boss Said this guy's gonna to complain to me about my racism. And I don't give a crap. Because this guy's an idiot. I will not accept these bullying scumbags to push me around anywhere. And that includes the workplace. If they want to have this attitude towards me, I'm gonna do whatever I can to neutralize them as just as much. I'm not gonna sit there and allow these bullies to push me around. I've never I've never allowed. Them. And those of you who know my history, you know that's exceedingly uh, true. I have never backed down in the face of these scumbag boys, And that's what they are. Just, they just—they have no brain, no, no brain. Obviously, with no brain, they've got no intelligence. They have no morals. They have no ethics. Obviously, with no brains, you're not going to have any morals or ethics either. And yet they're going to dominate and dictate what I can do and say in any environment. Are they crazy? Are you crazy to think they should? No way. You know, moving on to some American politics, you know, lots of leaks and leaks and leaks are starting to come out about the spying. And, you know, all of this stuff, it's like a circus in Washington. Oh, the, the conservative house came out with that story. More IG report. New York Times report says FBI spies placed in and around the Trump campaign were not spying on the Trump campaign. Oh, give us a break already! Follow up in the IG report. It says drafted by the principals within the DOJ FBI small group under investigation. More leaks are submitted to the New York Times. Why is the New York Times printing leaks? Hmm, makes you wonder. Uh, each principal can provide feedback for inclusion in the report. However, all feedback added to the report generates an IG rebuttal. Keep this in mind because these leaks are the feedback. And the leakers have no idea what the IG rebuttal will be. The more the principals obfuscate and justify conduct to the IG and their feedback, the stronger the rebuttal to that feedback will be in the final report. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't read this article. It looks a little bit more complicated than probably what I should have just brought on the air. But we have very clearly in our midst a seditious, anti-American, some would call it treasonous, Cabal that rose to power for sure during the Obama administration, and Obama himself was probably a plant, a political plant. He was not American. Uh, they say he's Kenyan. Uh, probably was. It's kind of funny how you know we don't have any any history at all on this guy. He's just an enigma. He's there. Uh, it's so absurd. He's got his boy boy toy Michael Michelle as his wife. And everybody's supposed to pretend like they don't see what they see. Oh no, we don't see that thing around while the guy's dancing. We, we're not supposed to notice all this stuff. You got Lynch. You got Comey. You got Sally Yates. Of course, Hillary's front and center. Andrew McCabe. You got Priestap. You got Nell. What is it? Nell or, Nellie Orr. I forget the husband's name. Uh, Lisa Page. Peter Stroke. All of these people are clearly complicit in a conspiracy against the United States. And we haven't even gotten into some of the other departments of the Obama administration. But how is it, really, everybody, that you can have a president of the United States who isn't even a citizen of your country, married to a transgender lake basically, rising to the highest power in the world, which would be the presidency of the United States, and not a thing is done about it. Nobody talks about it. Nobody says a whisper about it. Everybody pretends like they don't see what they see. We're all living in a pretend fairy world where whatever is really true, we just want to pretend it doesn't exist. And do you really think that some Kenyan guy? ever had an interest in the United States? Do you really think that type of person is going to be able to go out and actually work for the American people? These are really serious questions because if, like an Obama is not even a legal president. This was a theft of the power that is behind the United States by a foreign enemy, a foreign element that took over our nation. And they are so powerful that you can't touch them. And then you turn to the American, let's say, the Republican side and Trump. And all of a sudden, Trump surrounds himself with all of these 9-11 co-conspirators. And it's like we got the Obama side, which is completely seditious and treasonous. And then we have the Trump side, which is seditious and treasonous. We are led by nothing but sedition and treason in the United States. And Trump can talk about, oh, how great the job market is, yes, 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 and how how great Americans are doing and how great the stock market is and all of this great fun stuff. But when you break it all down, you can't have a rat-infested, viper-infested political system. Because those people are going to turn on a dime at any second they get a chance on the American people. They'll just take out the American people. You know, I saw the quote by Trump. He says, they're not really trying to silence me. They're really not going after me. They're going after you, the American people. And that's a paraphrase, but uh, I think that's actually pretty darn true. These people hate not just the American people, but they kind of hate humanity in its entirety. And some will call it the Democrats, and some will call it the global homos, the LGBT crowd. But none of this goes down without Jewish money. So Jewish money is what is financing the takedown of the United States. And that's not an anti-Semitic statement, really. It's just an observable reality. If you have a problem in your country and you can't discuss that problem, then the problem itself becomes self-manifested before our very eyes. And if I can't talk about Jewish power and Jewish domination, because that is quote-unquote anti-Semitic, and what you're telling me is that Jews, by their very nature, anti-American. They're a foreign occupying force, and therefore they are enemies of the United States. Consequently, we're almost back to a 1939, 1934, 1932 condition, when Jews were so powerful, they could control the entire direction of the German people, even forbidding Germans to from even speaking German in their own class. Well, aren't we kind of there today? You can't even use English anymore. If you use English, it's anti-Semitic. How is that? It's not your language. The absurdities of Jewish power in the United States cannot be just glossed over. You can't call everything that you say, quote, unquote, that's anti-Semitic. Because quite frankly, last I looked, America—what makes America and what makes America great, and what makes most of Western European—what makes most Western Europeans great—is that we have essentially a well-functioning intellectual class that's able to see through this, but they're not able to speak. Now you go up the ladder. I'm not talking about think tanks in the intellectual class because they're not very intellectual. Half of the stuff I read, quite frankly, from the think tanks is just pure garbage. It's so agenda-driven. It's like, dude, they're paying you guys forty dollars to $70,000 a month or a year to, to write this crap? Do you really get out into the world and see what's going on? Because I'll tell you, half. I'm serious. Half of the stuff I read from foreign policy magazine or some of these other think tanks that are focused on international politics, international relations and geopolitics, it's just garbage. That intellectual class is lost. They're not even intellectual. We should, quite frankly, deny them their 501C3, whatever it is that makes them tax deductible and stop funding them. Why are we funding children? who just make up fairy tales to push the agenda. Because isn't that what we're doing nowadays? Back when you had the Obama administration, they were targeting all these conservative groups with the IRS, denying them the 501 C, harassing them, which is basically nothing but a government mafia shape now. Aren't we basically back? States state where perhaps that exact technique should be used against every single Jewish operation out there. How can you tell me, for instance, that the ADL should be protected as an NGO? Because that's what it is. The NGO should be deplatformed, defunded, denied the ability to work. Because what the ADL does is a tax law-abiding American citizens it is violating the rights of the American people. It seeks to deplatform people that are actually following rules but they just don't like the message. And I'm kind of one of those. I know the ADL was behind my deplatforming because they were part of this group that was responsible for the big purge back last June. And that's where we left. we lost. Everything was destroyed. You know what's interesting about YouTube nowadays? I opened up my, one of my accounts that I haven't seen for so long. And do you that 60 to 70% of the videos in my playlists and my favorites or whatever it is that I happened to flag, but I'd never meant to flag it, but somehow it all got flagged? 60 to 70% of the videos no longer exist. So what was it that I found interesting? That YouTube and their nutcase Jewish censors are now denying me the ability to go back and track it again. See, there's enormous power there without the power of the censor. Sometimes I can't remember everything that I see. I can't remember everything that I watch or I read. You know, watch this later today. But if the censors, the ADL, is denying me that right, then the ADL becomes by default an enemy of me and my extension, everybody that follows within my faith, as a voice for you, if I am silent, if my research is being silenced, if my research is being pigeonholed to where I can't get it anymore, this means that the sensors are doing a job in preventing me from reaching out to people. Now, mind you, if you're looking for all this hardcore information, that's all good, well, it's good. I don't have a problem with that. But the real issue is nowadays, not the hardcore information. You and me and others, we've already been down the road. Of proving this and proving that, making our case here, making our case there. We've been there, done that probably. For time. I remember posting it above top secret. What a classless group those guys were. And they would always say, I don't know how they would do it, but they were able to know instantly if something was cut and paste. And I would actually sometimes cut it, paste it into my Word document, retype it into above top secret, and it would still come back and say, "Hey, this is uh, this is uh, this is basically ripped from another website. You have to get the source." Which means they had to be monitoring this stuff in real time. And then if you didn't do it, they banned. And I'm like, you know what? This has to be a link gathering operation where basically you're providing some intel operation with all of these links. Here you are making your case about this and that. And you're giving these links up. And guess what? As early as 2006, seven, eight, nine, those links were disappearing. Yeah. Argue your case for as Goyam. Show us where the links are so we can basically sweep them from the Internet. That's very powerful if you can pull that off. And that's kind of what's happening today. The amount of resources that the state of Israel, and henceforth Jews themselves, have put into AI, artificial intelligence, and monitoring the Internet, is such that they believe they have the ability now to censor things in real time. And if they continue to do that, that is a violation of our rights. They are now de facto enemies of the American people. Who are they to tell us what we can read? Who really are these Jews? You can't say that. Think about it. Here we are on a Thanksgiving day, and we've got surrounded by family and friends. And how many of these family members are clueless because they just never had a chance to even get anything outside of their narrow window that they are so happy to look through? And anything that even approaches, shattering their little tiny Overton window, is being screwed the internet. just think how much faster we can get things done if we simply re- if we simply reigned in Jewish religion of our people just reigned it in and wouldn't it be rather interesting if we have a real nationalist bent, and we don't just rein it in but we rein it When we say Ruthless,
1: Listen to Revolution Radio at freedomslips.com. We'll be right back after this message.
0: Everyone out there. Okay, I think we're back, everybody. And again, for some reason, the music's not playing out. That's very strange. That should be on my side. I uh, tell you, I just... Oh, I know why it's not going out because of this. No, that's not it either. Bizarre, guys. It's really funny what's happened here with everything. It's not cool, but it's not working. Uh, so I'm going to cut that. But that should be technically on my side. Everybody, just bear kind of with this. It's all screwed up for the now. Boy, we will be fixing it in the next couple of months. We're sure, but for now, it's not. Uh, anyways, uh, final half hour of the show. Lines you'd like to call in, say hello. I'm not sure it's going to work. 1323 That's 1323 275 1314. Be to take your call. I see why that didn't work. Just kind of move that up. Just kind of move that up. Kind of. Why is it feedbacking? I have no idea, guys. Uh, anyways, this place nice. is better than what. Where were we, everybody? Let's see. Where were we? Mm -mm 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 You know, another case has popped up again in the United Kingdom about uh, voices being denied. And when I mean voices being denied, I'm talking about, I'm not sure. Hold on one second. I saw that come in, but then it disappeared. From my screen, you might want to try again to call back. Again, it's just uh, it just dropped off the screen, guys. Try again. Anyways, um, another case here where voices, political voices, are being denied simply because Jews are not happy with the way things are going in the political discourse, and it's really unfair. Quite frankly, it's unfortunate because. From Actually, it's not really unfortunate because it just, to me, highlights the problems we have in the West within the political arena. But when you have, like in this case, and how many times have you heard this? If you are listening in the UK, why are you disappearing so fast? You have to try one more time. It's, uh, I'm going to turn off my phone here. It just drops on the laptop and goes to the phone. So I'm going to turn this off. Guys. Just bear with us here. It's just everything's every happened. I'm not sure why. We we'll have to re-debug everything again. Uh, okay, guys, you can now try the phones. I've cut some of the devices off that's, that they were ringing through to. But you have a case here where the Scottish National Party has now suspended uh, an election candidate. And the only reason he's widely expected to unseat the key member. He was expected to unseat the key member of Labour's uh, cabinet. But he's basically being ejected only because of quote-unquote anti-Semitism, which means that Jews are telling the people of Scotland in this case, assuming this is up in Scotland, that, hey, your, your candidate is not acceptable to us at all. Your candidate just is not acceptable to us. And again, I'm not sure how that goes down so well. I'm not sure why that is actually allowed to proliferate in the political spectrum. It just doesn't make sense to me how Jews believe that this is okay each and every time that they play this game with the political circus that they do. This guy here, his name is Kristen Oswald. He's confirmed that Harvey had been Stripped of his candidacy and suspended from the party pending disciplinary action. And it's understood that allegedly Jews were whining on social media about what was being said on social media. Again, you have to get into a situation where we don't go after the people that Jews are whining about. You're going to have to start going after the whining Jews who are behind them. Because they're the bullies here. Think about it. If you're out there minding your own business, you're not targeting anybody specifically. You're saying, hey, look, we got problems here with Jewish politics. Hey, look, we got problems here with the way Jews are crafting policy in our countries. Hey, we got a problem with the way Jews are clamping down on our free speech. See, all of these are valid issues to talk about. Every single one of them is valid. You have a right to, theoretically, to question a policy by the politicians. Because if you don't have a right, guess what? now for sure there's no purpose to bothering with even replacing people in politics because it doesn't matter. You're, you're basically saying, hey, look, if team wants to whine and shut everything down anyway, what's the purpose of discussing politics anymore? It's basically the power of the bully over the power of the rhetoric. Let's go whine. I, I don't even know what goes on in these people's hands. do they do. They sit in the synagogue and they, they make notes with each other and say, hey, who are we going to whine about this week? Or do they just have such sensitive radar sensors up there that they know, they know every little key word to go whine about something? How is it really that our country has, that our countries really, uh, they they've all digressed to this society of rule by whiners, rule by bullies, rule by quite frankly insensitive, sensitive snowflakes. How is it we got there? And how is it that people of reason don't stand up for themselves? Now I know. That Jews in power with their media and their protests can go out and try to smear and destroy people overnight. Now, why is it that a Jew can do that to somebody? And they do it all the time. Let's not get anybody here. They do this smear campaign against people all the time. We see it every day if you're paying attention in the media and it's something that you kind of like are looking into. You'll see it every day. If this is the way that Jews play the game, then us. We've always believed in rhetoric. We'll swing our way. But they're never going to swing our way if some Jew can sit there and say, hey, that's anti-Semitic. Oops, time out. Technical foul. Go sit down. And they're, they're, they're like the judge and the jury. They're the referee. They decide everything. How many of us are, the, are referees who can talk and say, hey, timeout, technical. You said something we whites don't like. We Europeans don't like. I'm sorry, you can't be in office anymore. I've never seen it. Israel, one of their very first prime ministers, 1948 to May, 19... Uh, I was just reading it and then my whole screen changed. This is very bizarre. But he said here, he he talks about this. And this is a direct quote. We should prepare to go over to the offensive. And you can carry this into Jewish politics even more so today. He said, our aim is to smash Lebanon, Jordan, and Syria. The where point is Lebanon. Lebanon. For the Muslim regime is artificial and easy for us to undermine. We shall establish a Christian state there. And then we will smash the Arab legion, eliminate Jordan. Syria will fall to us. We will then bomb and move on and take Port Syed, Sinai, and Alexandria. This is the ranting of a complete jackass, to be honest with you. Because when you break down the state of Israel, it's a shitty little nation. It is filled with garbage people. The only thing that enables this shitty, crappy little place on the planet to properly function is its diaspora... Screaming anti-Semitism at every single type of policy protest that we have against them, so that they can t- can continue to feed this monstrous barbarity that it's really a blot on the human race. People like to tell us, oh, Jews have achieved so much. What have they achieved? Really, what have they achieved? Oh, we have so many Nobel Prizes. Well, yeah, well, anybody can join your voting club if you're Jewish. I'm not impressed. Oh, We developed this and that. Really? How did you do that? How much did you steal from the white man to do it? Oh, we're great innovators. Really? What are you innovating? How to, How to lie and cheat and steal people? Is that what you've innovated? How you created oh, – oh, can can we talk about, I guess, Jewish innovation and financial instruments, how you've basically stolen money left and right from the American people and then had the American people replace it because you lost your money or let's just say you save, everything, derivatives? Is that what you – is that about? No, I think basically that about the only thing that Jews have innovated is genocide, destruction, chaos. This is their great innovation. It's their main innovation. Other than that, I don't see where they have benefited humanity at all. Guys, we can't even talk about them. I mean, we can, but we can't. How is it, quite frankly, that they believe that somehow they're so above the law, so above reality here that if you dare mention their name, it's not just you get punished, but you're going to get punished twice as hard because, hey, we we determined you're anti-Semitic. Well, this is... By very clear definition, they are enemies of the American people and and really European civilization. And the and the leaders are these basic crackhead geopolitics or geopoliticians. He's has some stupid punk little Jew in a shitty little country. That oh we're gonna do this and Syria's gonna fall and we'll take Jordan and we're gonna take this and we're gonna go down to the Sinai. They're so stupid, they actually believe their own idiocy. They're a shitty little people with a shitty little country with shitty resources. How are they going to take over all this land without somebody doing the work for them? Again, common sense, just you look at them and say, you know what, dude, you're in a freaking idiot. And yet people like back down and say, Jews are so intelligent, such strategic. Well, if they're so strategic, why is it that they got a shitty little country on a shitty piece of land and they're surrounded by enemies and they're crying because nobody likes them? I mean, think about it. Did you hear Epstein's uh, by the way? Epstein had a plot? leads to the idea that Epstein didn't kill himself. And uh, he may actually still be alive. Because Epstein's plastic surgeon, did you know he died last month in a plane crash? Now get this. They filled the plane engine with the wrong type of fuel. Yeah, like how's that happen? Causing, quote unquote, detonations within the engine. Epstein's surgeon did a job on Epstein himself and then they killed him. That would actually make some sense. Because Epstein didn't kill himself. And I don't mean to sound harsh, but a French prosecutor charges against the Jewish kindergarten teacher Sarah Halimi after experts ruled he had suffered a massive psychotic episode of smoking cannabis. I guess that's okay in France. Guys, we have at least a path. You just have to have a massive psychotic episode of smoking cannabis. And then I now someone says it's complete and utter madness. Now, actually, we might actually agree with you, even though you're Jewish, because we're pragmatic people. But when we see that you will jail people for their views on history or you will destroy people because they donate to the wrong political party that you Jews, quite frankly, don't approve of. Or that you will silence our voices and try to destroy us economically in every way we get, or in every way that you can? Why do you think that anybody should give one rat's you know what about somebody killing a Jewish teacher? See, that's the way it happens in war. You have to develop an unfortunate callousness towards your enemy. And Jews have stated to us that we are their enemy. Well, if we are their enemy, then by default, they're your enemy. I mean, it's just common sense. Even though you don't want to out to be that way, that's really the way it works. Hi, welcome to Inside the Island Primetime. Coming through for me. On the air, I can't see you. How you doing?
1: Is, is, is full of turkey somewhere? Maybe. Chip the fan? Well, you
0: know, we're full of something else, and we don't want to go on the air with
1: that. Yeah, I'll stay. Oh, yeah, you heard about Noel. Ignevave or whatever, yeah, the one that
0: uh, yeah, no, the uh, had
1: no degree, is. but was it. And he died full of his own poop.
0: Yeah, isn't that amazing? He actually what died, filled it with his own <clears throat>
1: crap.
0: He couldn't. Karma.
1: Let's see if I'm coming through here.
0: Yeah, you're fine. Try
1: try have that. I die, oh, it did come through. Okay. <laughs> you're fine. For so some people, I noticed that we're updating with snipe, would update itself, and then it wouldn't let phone calls merge in.
0: You know, I I've been seeing calls come and then they like only last for like like a split second and they disappear. So I'm not able. You're the first one that actually I was able to snap before it disappeared on me. Anyways, hello, good morning. Yes, yeah, I wanted good, good to try and to see. So did you have like Thanksgiving? Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. Did you have Thanksgiving or? Uh,
1: yeah. You know, I I did my usual thing. I I do like intermittent fasting where I wait most of the day and then pick something to eat. So, you know, I had something I wanted to make, so no turkey. You know, it's it uh, I'll anyway. tell
0: you what, Thanksgiving is for the younger guys because as older guys, we just can't eat that much anyways. You know, we are metallic yeah. metabolism doesn't move quick enough to really enjoy a huge dinner anymore. So I really can't imagine sitting down.
1: I saw Windmiller talking dinner. about, Oh, all the pies they had at her house. Oh, I was getting jealous.
0: Now, now that's one thing I actually wanted to do. I wanted to go out and go grab a couple of cherry pies or get a nice American-style cherry pie, and uh, I yeah. left my I left my phone, and that took my all my timing and my. I just couldn't make it back, and so right. maybe I'll get the
1: pie tomorrow. Well, you sound good. How do you feel? Pretty good.
0: Uh, yeah, I feel fine. Actually, things are going great, aside from just the issues putting things together on air. But uh, no, it's been going great. Uh, No complaints whatsoever. Very busy, very positive. Things are going great. So, again, not money so much, but the opportunities are there. And I think when you work hard, you Mm -hmm. want opportunity. That's the main thing.
1: Yeah. We're still waiting for your pictures of the Adriatic or whatever you were going to oh, post. Oh,
0: man. You <laughs> know what? i got to get that done, don't I? Some nice pictures. They keep popping yeah. on my telephone. Yes, i got to pull them off my phone. I have them. Some beautiful pictures of Italy. Italy was mm-hmm. beautiful. In fact, I had one of, one of the clients we saw in Italy just showed up today. So I was with him through most of the afternoon. Uh, sharing with him Saudi mm-hmm. side and that's not nice as it's not as and, uh, mm-hmm. they're, they've got their meetings and we had our meetings so let's we're just waiting i mean things are changing drastically here in Saudi Arabia i know some people recently are they oh very much so you know one day this week, in a good way, <laughs> in a very good, way. no, in a very good way. Somebody last week sent me Excellent. something about a video about how women trying to escape from Saudi Arabia, and and I'm like, come on, man, this is first of all, it's a BBC production, so it's it's, it's already propaganda. And if they really were honest, uh, they would have also told you that the laws that were preventing travel, and it was a problem, but we're trying to work. They've been wrong. I, I think
1: they're doing this. No yeah, they're doing this everywhere. You know, some some of these uh, riots are legit, and and they're making their mark. And some of them are just a bunch of hot air. Uh, only Damagard. And when you uh, blow the cover on a staged event, it's called Damagarding now. And wow. he took care of about thirty-nine of them that were supposed to go down around uh, the the uh, UN Day, October twenty-fourth, or whatever, right after right after that uh, Trump came came out with the Baghdadi thing. So. A lot of false flags didn't get to happen, Stage events, so well, that's a good thing but he you. was saying you know he had left Sweden years ago and lived down in the south of Spain, and they drove all the way from south of Spain up to Sweden, and they kept getting these reports about all these riots here there and everywhere, and there were none.
0: <laughs> yeah, I believe that the well. media really is fake mm-hmm. they, re- they really are like fake the
1: stuff about, yeah, like poisoning Trump that may or may not had. Than anything you know it's just they're trying to uh set the stage for what they want to do I like the predictive programming and all their media you know their movies and their music and yeah you know, they're setting the stage for all this I Was watching a thing about uh ramstein and i guess there was like a american needs to get out of germany they have like 22 bases there and you know doing all kind of rituals and crazy stuff need to get out of there
0: I act that's amazing we're still there and no actually it's not i think uh we have control of germany that's through it's a new thing well it is but we have control of germany through 2099 which by then I we know. would completely smash that culture into tiny fragments yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll see that's the whole, that's what both world wars were about and even before that you know 1848 Otto Bismarck and uh, and uh napoleon let loose all the Jews and they were really barbaric then I mean, they were running around doing stuff like they do somewhat behind the scenes. Still, you know, we we just can't accept what they do. They do it right in our faces, and we refuse to accept it. But at least we're starting to call them out, like that Rick Wiles thing. Yeah, was uh, Well, Patrick Slattery actually coined that phrase, Judita, some time ago. So, but we need to keep at it. Just keep at it. Don't let them, you know. Was talking on a targeted individual thing, and this black woman is oh, the white supremacy, and so I got on there and talked to her about it, you know, and it's white Jew supremacy, get it right, you know, we've got this trinary game theory, like Bibi says, where they're over top and pit every ethnic group against each other, like Rosenthal said, you know, this hasn't stopped, and the next proxy army coming up is going to be the autistic children, the Jews are like Joshua Ryan Goldberg's, uh, you know, that troll, he had like nine personas, and yeah, you know, but that was a good FBI bust and then they let Pollard out after that under Obama, right? But his parents work with autistic children and they don't want to blow the cover on them at all. Yeah. And right after that San Bernardino and they, I guess, I don't know if they killed that Muslim couple, but he had been the, uh, the, uh, uh accountant for the, for the county and he knew what was going on. So they had to get rid of him. <laughs> Anyhow, I'll get off here and let you Do whatever you gotta do. Okay, Murr, thanks for,
0: well, thank you for (laughs) filling a little time there too. Uh, that's Murr, everybody, out in Wisconsin. We got about one minute to go. We just want to say, of course, we will be live, um, Saturday. We'll be live inside the iLive Intelligent Media for the politically aware at 10 o'clock. So we're going to go live with that show and again it's going to be a holiday weekend we're actually having some pretty good numbers surprisingly and and thank you for showing up by the way uh for the show here today uh even though it's a holiday weekend uh, obviously it's it is what it is but thank you so much it's pretty good to, at the end of the day so I want to appreciate uh, let you know we do appreciate that uh, you know politics here by the way in the middle east are changing you know so fast and it's getting better for the people uh in many areas now if you've been following some of the events in Iran, uh, the Iranian government has come out with a statement today that the protest drew over 200,000 people to the streets. And when it was said and done, the Iranian intelligence services have arrested eight people they believe to be linked to the CIA. So this story, plus the, the riots in Hong Kong are all developing, and we'll try to get some of that on Inside the Eye Live Saturday. That's the show, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, well, happy Thanksgiving, obviously, to everybody. And again, see you Saturday, Inside the Eye Live, Intelligent Media for the Politically Aware. Good night from Riyadh.